Hello, Cubs fans, and welcome to a brand new edition of Cubs on Tap. I am Ron Luce, joined by the one, the only, the Juice Man himself. We are here on Monday evening. It is a Cubs off day uh, between the Pittsburgh series and the Atlanta series, and we're going to discuss both of those here in just a second. But before we get started, Juice, long time no see, first off, and how you doing, buddy? Good, man. Good weekend. Uh, long weekend. Mm-hmm. But like, <laughs> I feel like weekends just go so quickly during the summer. Like I know we're getting towards that moment where, you know, it's like you play around a golf on Saturday or you do some, some yard work and then you're drinking with your buddies to celebrate three years on tap. And, uh, then you, you got a million other appearances to get to, but, uh, yeah, man, no, I, I had a week or week weekend filled with sports. Went to the Bulls game yesterday, sat in the suite with Buzz. I saw that. It was a lot of fun, a lot of good stories from that that I'll keep uh, off the air because they're a little bit rated R. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, it was good. Uh, unfortunately, you know, what we're going to talk about is not good. Losing three out of four to a bottom feeder. Let's call it what it is. That's what the Pittsburgh Pirates are. But uh, other than that, man, yeah, just uh, tweeted out, like, come join us. I'm playing hurt and tired. Um, but we're here talking about some Cubs baseball today. That we are. I think we're both playing uh, tired and hurt at this point, my friend. Um, I feel you there because I, I still have to do some day job work this evening after we get Me done too. with the show. So, yeah, it's it's one of those days for us. But like you said, man, I mean, we, we did talk on Saturday. So for those that haven't listened to the Saturday episode, I highly encourage you to go do so. It was a fun episode. It's a, it's a good, cheery episode. It's really hard to be mad when the Cubs win 21 to nothing on Saturday. Um, as Juice noted, we were celebrating three years of ONTAP Sportsnet. The anniversary was April 15th. Uh, however, this was the first weekend that any of us were really able to get together and and celebrate accordingly. So we did so at the Casa de Marchese, which I guess is kind of, again, as I said on Saturday's episode, kind of by default, it's, it's on tap HQ. But um, no, it was good. And, and, and we talked. We had a lot of fun. Got some Sox guys in as uh, just making appearances to say hello to our listeners and um, you know, we had a good time talking about a win, but like you said, Juice, they did lose three out of four to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Ironically, Pirates right now are in um, third place right now in the division. I believe they are eight and eight. They're a game ahead of the Cubs. It's early. Obviously, we're not hitting the panic button anything just yet. Cubs are still seven and nine. I think if you would have told me the Cubs would start seven and nine, uh, I wouldn't have been terribly mad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I would have I would have been a, a little like, oh. Okay, that's not bad. I'll I'll take a seven and nine start. But like you said, just I mean, a, a team that you expected coming into the season to take games from, and you're unable to do so. Granted, the one game you did take from them, you, you shit pumped them, which is awesome, and you love to see it. But like two one run losses, which that's probably the biggest killer, and then just a two run loss on Friday. So overall, arching thoughts, man, from this series. I mean, again. We're probably talking a little more, you know, Monday Monday evening blues today than we were Saturday uh, festivities. But hit me with it, Juice. What do you got from this series? Yeah, just looking at it as a whole, you know, great performance by Kyle Hendricks. Obviously, like you said on Saturday, given the tough conditions as well, you know, wind blowing straight out. Absolutely. Um, great performance by the offense. But if you wanted to look at the series as a whole, the Cubs really failed to get consistent starting pitching. And I think they kind of fell behind the lack of the lack of quality starts is maybe catching up to this bullpen just a little bit. They've been really good, but I think the Cubs, you know, recipe for success is to get early leads and hold it and then let that bullpen play out the way that uh, 
you know, it's kind of set up to do in the way that the top three guys in your bullpen are kind of performing. You know, you got Efros who's having a good start. You have Robertson at the end of it who looks like he's going to shut down a lot of games for you if you're able to get to that. Um, and obviously, you know, you're getting good performances out of Keegan Thompson as well. So you're able to, you know, bridge the gap to your final two guys. But the Cubs really kind of didn't get into the opportunistic time for a lot of the series to do that. You know, they were kind of chasing, kind of trying to, to catch up, playing from behind late in games. And I think it just hurt so much yesterday because there was a lot of opportunity if you just put the ball in play to win that game. You know, the Pirates kind of kicked the ball around for a lot of the series and tried to hand the Cubs a lot of wins, I thought. I didn't think they played very good defense. I thought that, you know, their performance overall for the series, I know they took three or four. I didn't, They weren't that impressive. You know, they won these games really close, and they had some good performances here and there sporadically to win games. But let's be honest here. I mean, at the end of it, the Cubs outscored them, obviously, because of the 21 game when you know 21 run out output that always, on Saturday. that always helps that always helps but, <laughs> but let's if you really wanted to look at this series i think it's just a lack of of missed it's, it's just a huge amount of missed opportunities you know you have yesterday's game with two guys who i like at the plate i i know a lot of people don't like wilson Contreras with the bases loaded because he gets very excited i i, I like i think that's the correct word and he gets very aggressive. Mm-hmm. I think there are a couple swings in there. I was like, man, like we don't need you to hit a grand slam here. I mean, just just shorten up. A deep and, single works just as yeah, it, or put it in play. You know, yeah, because like I, I just said, the the pirates were kind of kicking some some things around. Who knows what happens if you just put the bat on the ball? And then you know, Frank just kind of looked outmatched by ninety eight there, and that it's going to happen from time to time, right? Sure. But I thought the the Wilson at bat was the most frustrating because it's like, man, like just put the bat on it. You know, and it's all the things that like we talked about. The Cubs aren't going to lose like they lost for the last three, four years. Well, that's one game you could put a feather in your cap and be like, man, they lost how they usually lose. You know, they're able to get the the bases loaded, get the runner in scoring position, and then it's like KK over. Yeah. And uh no, but I think like feather in the cap, like Kyle Hendricks, great. Great performance. Ian Happ looking like he's going to put up a, a nice 2022 campaign if he keeps this up. Absolutely. And that figures a lot of stuff out. If, if Ian Happ is able to be this version of himself, man, the Cubs are going to be looking looking really solid at the outfield positions. You know, once they bring up Brendan Davis and, you know, maybe Ian Happ takes left or, you know, you, you're going to have to figure a lot of stuff out around there. Who's going to play where? But say Suzuki obviously has had a great start to the season. He looks like he's going to be a star. And if you could build that outfield first, then you can you got some expendable cash to fill in slots on the infield that maybe you're not as strong while you wait mm-hmm. for the prospects to come up. But yeah, just a I think it's overall frustrating series because like we said, if the Cubs ultimately want to make playoffs, they're gonna have to beat up on these teams like the Pirates and the Reds and to squander you know, they've squandered what four already? They're two and four against. Yeah. Pittsburgh, like that's not a good start. It's not great. Yeah, I agree with you. I, that's what we like. We said it at the beginning of the season, too, right? Like I verbatim remember sitting on the, the, you know, the preview show with all of us here 
and talking about that. We're like, these are the teams you got to shit kick. Like, you got to beat them. You got to beat them. And yes, when in the years they were really, really good, yeah, you could afford the Reds to have your number for the course of the season because you're beating everybody else. But realistically in this division, the Cardinals are going to give you trouble this year just because they always find a way to be a pain in the ass. The Brewers are looks like they're starting to turn it around after that terrible first series that they had against the Cubs. Granted, the Cubs also came out and had incredible plate discipline and really worked their starting pitchers into into a lot of pitches, and that's why they were able to get after them early. You know, but overall, you know, you really have to beat up on these two bottom feeders of the NL Central if the Cubs, like you said, have any prayer of being in the playoff conversation come year end. And again, it's still early enough where. You know, this one's not a total kick in the balls, but it's still one that, like you said, Juice, like this might be a series that, again, if it if it's early September, late August even, and the Cubs are like two or three games out of a playoff spot, you're like, son of a bitch, they'd be in right now Yeah, if they get one or two of those games against the Pirates from earlier in the season that we all sat there and kind of rolled our eyes of like, oh, son of a bitch, like that's a game that you'd like to see them take, but I mean, Juice, like you said, man, you put it perfectly. Like there was, there was a lot of meh from the Cubs, but there's also some good. And I think something that's really worth bringing up that was good was uh, Keegan Thompson just continues to just to shove. And you know, four innings in that Friday loss, Smiley got beat up for four runs against. Um, again, ultimately didn't look atrocious, uh, but the long ball really killed him. And then that's ultimately what got him. You know into some trouble he still goes five uh but then keegan you don't have to burn the bullpen that night he's able to go four innings looks really good two hits i think a walk in four k's uh was his final style and just continues to absolutely shove as that long man out of the pen and again in the season where juice you and i were just talking about this before jumping on the cubs have one start from a pitcher starting pitcher this season where they've gone greater than six innings so far that was hendrix on saturday going seven against the pirates Right now, guys like Keegan Thompson and hopefully Alec Mills or, you know, some combination of whomever, as these guys get healthier, you know, Wade Miley and, and Mills are kind of on the horizon here. These guys are going to have to be able to be big because right now, you, you kind of need these guys that can come in and piggyback off a starter because none of your starters are giving you the six and seven inning outings that you'd like to see. Yeah, Keegan, Swiss Army Knife Thompson. He seems like the guy that, and we talked about it on the show, Going into this year, you know, you're trying to see growth from guys that you're going to keep on this roster and build around. And I've been yelling at the Cubs to have a Josh Hader-esque type of guy in that bullpen since 2016. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been looking for a guy that can go three innings, and when you get to that seventh, that sixth, you better have a lead because it's over. And if Keegan continues to pitch like this, that's what he is. He's – He's Josh Hader from the right side. And maybe it's not as valuable because obviously Hader's a lefty and you like to have those lefties out of the pen that are like that. But I'll tell you what, man, there are guys who are so I think I think that the way that a player attacks this and he becomes this type of pitcher is a very difficult mindset to get into. Because you are you're the type of guy that a everybody out of the bullpen doesn't know what situation they're going to get thrown into, but right. Keegan Thompson specifically does not have any idea when he's coming in a ball game ever. Like this, let's be honest here. He has been mop up. He has been, hey, I need you to bridge me to my closer. Mm-hmm. He's been like the Swiss Army knife of that bullpen to start the year, and I think that 
that is a very difficult task for a young player to have grasped so quickly too. I think it's being very understated the ability that he has to come into a game and have the ultimate type of comfort. I'm curious to see if Ross is going to start playing with him a little bit more and adding him into jams and using him as a way to escape, you know, some, some problem issues too. He's done that a little bit, mm-hmm. but he hasn't done it to the, you know, the, the full expectation that I think that Keegan can handle. Yeah. But with that said, you've got to be happy with what you've seen out of him. And I think last year and getting starts and being able to pitch innings, obviously the Cubs had a huge fall off and in, in viewership, but we stuck through watching Keegan Thompson and Justin Steele growth. You saw this a lot where it was a lot of up and down. Like Keegan mm-hmm. would have a great start and his first couple innings were like, man, like this kid. And then he would hit the brick wall mm-hmm. and it, his stuff fell off. He kind of ran out of gas. And I think that Ross and him may have met at the end of the year last year and said, hey, you're really, really good for three innings. Look around the league. Look how valuable that is. That's something that you can get paid. You could be a prime, you know, back of the bridge guy. And that's so valuable in today's baseball game that I think Keegan over the offseason just kind of maybe accepted a little bit of it. Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm going to this is what I'm going to be. And I'm going to be the best at this position because no matter what, if he keeps doing this, he'll get a big payday down the line. Because yeah. Somebody will need this. The Cubs hopefully are, are the ones that and he continues to rake and or not rake uh, pitch well. And uh, yeah, I think that uh, I think he's been a very bright spot to, you know, I think if you were ranking him, obviously say Suzuki is number one to start Ian Happ. And then, very, very quietly, Keegan Thompson, I think, has has really impressed out the gate. And that's guys that when we talked about on the early show, before the season started, it's like those are the guys that we've got marks next to. Hey, I want to see something from you, kid. It's a lot yeah. on the roster that it's not going to stay. But, hey, you've got to take that leap forward. And thank God he's doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Juice, something that I think about too of that that role that Keegan Thompson has taken on too, right? Like maybe on this current year's Cubs team, that role isn't as important in the grand scheme of things um, in the sense of, you know, there's a lot of guys, they're still figuring things out, things like that. He's only going to pitch probably once every three to four days. And that's okay. I'm thinking about this Cubs team when they start to get competitive because that guy is an absolute fucking weapon in the postseason that is the guy that you want in the postseason because at the end of the year that's the guy that you go up to going into game one of you know whether it's this new wild card series or whatever and you go hey buddy you gotta you gotta give me 20 games and you're not gonna pitch every night but son of a bitch if our starter can go six and i need to get you to a closer you're going two, and i need you to shove and I need yep. you just to do what you do. And then I need you to take a day off and maybe need you for an inning on the next game. Or if I don't need you for that next game, you're out there for multiple innings again the next time I can use you because that guy is so valuable in the postseason. We see it year in and year out. That guy that can give you length out of the pen as a reliever. And you see a lot of teams try to push guys that typically just go one inning during the regular season into that role. You already have a guy that's kind of entrenched in that and is used to doing it. 
Now, all of a sudden, that even becomes more valuable. So, again, I'm not trying to get too far in my head as ahead of myself, but you're starting to see some of these pieces kind of come together, right? As this team builds towards something, because now I sit back and I say, well, and again, this is a big what if, right? Prospects in general are what ifs, if we're being completely honest. You and I talked about that at nauseum throughout the, you know, almost three years that Cubs on tap has been around. But you've got Killian, you've got Wicks, you've got maybe Ryan Jensen becomes a starter in this rotation. You know, maybe it's Cole Franklin who looks really good now that he's finally healthy. For yeah, the program to, as well. I'm going to his next start in South Bend, by the way. Love that. We need all the live content you can possibly provide of Cole Franklin. Because yeah, again, friend of the show. Long yep. time ago, friend of the show. But I was kicking myself. Show. Remember, I was on the show the last week, and I, I was like, man, do I go on Thursday? He started on Thursday. And I was like, man, like friend of the show. Really should get out there and watch. It was a beautiful day. Wow. I had too much work going on and too much to shore up before Friday. But his next home start. I will be in attendance. I love that. And honestly, that South Bend team right now has a lot of those future guys that you start to kind of, you're at least curious to watch, right? Because Jensen has moved on, but Jensen was there last year, at least in the beginning of the season. You know, now you have friend, another friend of the show and Max Bain is there. Cole Franklin is there. Jordan Wicks is there, at least for the time being, because let's be honest, if he comes out and he absolutely shoves, he's going up double A as soon as possible. But, and then you got guys like Killian who are, are, just sniffing on the on the real, you know, kind of on the fence right now of the MLB, you know, down in AAA. And that's but then that's where I start thinking, right, about like the future rotation with a guy like Keegan coming out of the back end that could come in and just you get a fresh arm that shoves just like your starters can potentially do. Now, all of a sudden, that's a rotation that wins you games in the postseason. And that's exactly what the Cubs need to build towards in 2022, 2023 you know, in 2024, as hopefully some of these prospects start to come up and fill holes. And, you know, maybe you are dealing from some of that prospect depth to to go get guys that you identify as guys you want as a part of this future team. So, you know, again, we're taking every silver lining in this 2022 season we can find because this year is a building block for what we hope is a very lucrative future of, of Chicago Cubs baseball. And, you know, just to kind of build on that just a smidge while we're talking about some youth here, Juice, we touched on him a little bit on Saturday's show. And I, I really got to sit and I got to mull it over a little more, right? And I started kind of keying in on this guy in my thought process. Alfonso Rivas is such an interesting player to me now. And he becomes more and more interesting by the day because we've already kind of had the argument that he's probably better, just slightly better at now, but I think has a higher ceiling defensively than Frank Schwindel at first. He's a lefty. Everybody loves lefty first baseman. He has a high contact bat to begin with. Like he makes good, just square contact with the baseball. And you're starting to see a little bit of his power kind of creep out of nowhere. And I saw this part on Twitter today. And I think that was the part that made me maybe giggle the most and like kind of squeal like a little kid was, you know, it's not like they, they dealt something really, really important to get this guy back. Right. Like Killian came back in the Bryant trade. P Crow Armstrong was in the Javi trade. Right. Yo, they traded Tony Kemp for this kid. Tony Kemp. And don't get me wrong. Tony Kemp, nice baseball player, major leaguer through and through. But if you're telling me that the Cubs might have like kind of low-key snuck, uh, again, I'm not going to sit here and, and say he's a multi-time all-star and is going to win batting titles and shit, but like a guy that is a very competent first baseman, both offensively and defensively, and he's young, 
Son of a bitch. I'm now I need to see more of them. And I and I what I also like, Juice, is now that you have the DH in the NL, you've really three places that you can play Rivas because he can also play a little bit of left field because he's athletic enough, especially this young in his career. So while you're you know kind of working through whatever you got with Frank Schwindel over at first base, you give Rivas a day in left field if you need to give half or somebody a blow. Frazier's hurt right now. So like there's more at bats in left field now. You know, obviously he ain't taking Seah's spot unless Seah needs a day off and maybe DHs. But you could arguably play Rivas and right. You probably play Hayward there first. Then you maybe bump Hap over to center. But then again, there's your opportunity to play Rivas and left. You play him at first and DH Schwindel. You give Schwindel just a day off in general. You play him at first, or you can just DH Rivas if you want to change it up and do something weird. Like I, I juice as a fan, I am in agreement with you because you said it on Saturday's show. I want to see more of Alfonso Rivas because right now, I mean, the game he had on Saturday was obviously incredible, but he comes in then off the bench yesterday and rips a double. And is, is he's hitting at important times in ball games for the Cubs. And I don't know if it's this number change. And he's like, I think I got my swagger back. I'm a big leaguer all the time now. Cause like, let's be honest, 36 is more of like a big leaguer number than 67, even though 67 looks so cool on the back of a Jersey. This guy is trying to stick, and I think he's going to stick with the Cubs in 22 and maybe beyond. Yeah, he's one of the guys that, like, you. I've been seeing this a lot on Twitter, too, and, you know, in, in the baseball, you know, chats and things like that. The cesspool that is baseball Twitter? Yeah, but I'm in agreement that if you're true, if this year truly is to see what you have, then I'm, I hate to say it, and I thank him for all he did, and I know he's a great guy for the city. But Jason Hayward cannot play as much as he's playing if if Alfonso Rivas is having these these games, right? I mean, you got to find a way to to get him in the lineup. Maybe that's like you said, shifting Hap to center field and playing him in left or DHing, you know, um, him or putting him at first. I I like the prospect or the idea of putting him at first so much. Because as we look like throughout the system for the Cubs, Cubs really don't have much at the corners right now. They have no. a lot of shortstops and a lot of guys that maybe project to move over to third. Mm-hmm. But the corner spots are, if you're looking for the future, that's what they need to address. Yeah, there and then behind the plate too. I think that's the two spots if you're looking for you know pre you know June draft. We're already talking about that, but. Yeah, if, you, if they're looking to upgrade anywhere, I think it's there. They have a lot of good arms down there and some outfield kind of crowdedness as well throughout the system. And like we said, so many shortstops. But I think that he's the kid that maybe he's the beginning of kind of like how Jake Arietta was. Remember when Jake came at like the end of 2014 and he pitched a little bit and he was like, yeah, he was, he's got the makeup. You know, and they kind of fleeced them for for Feldman, and then they had Strope in that as well. Lease of a trade. Yeah, and, like, you watched him pitch, and you're like, yeah, I could see it if he does a few things different. And this has that feeling to it, in a way. And I don't mm-hmm. want to get ahead of myself because these guys come and go. I mean, we could, for every, you know, mainstay of Anthony Rizzo at at first, there's there's uh, there's Cubs all-star Brian yeah. LaHare. Yeah, yeah, or there's, or I mean, just to go around the around the horn. I mean, there's Felix PA, there's Junior Lake. I mean, how many different 
prospects did we get excited about that? Brett Ray Jackson. Did, yeah, Brett Jackson, uh, Josh Vitters. We can Vitters. keep going for the whole podcast could be naming guys the Corey Just Patterson and Tilly Torres. The hashtag Cubs legends yeah. of, uh, of Cubs, yeah, Cubs baseball. But to break it down, you know, I, I think that, like you said, he's got – he puts the bat on the ball. He plays better defense than Swindell, and I know he's worked at it. Cole, or not not Cole, Frank. Frank Swindell has, uh, yeah. You got country I, music on the brand. Yeah. You got country music on the brand, baby. Yeah, I do. I, my Well, my mom put it put that in my brain, too, because she calls him Cole. That's, yeah. Every Amazing. time he comes, I'm like, okay, that's hilarious. She also is the master at the Contreras because she listens to Pat Hughes. Wilson Contreras. Fairly often. And she calls him Cone in Spanish is with. So she says with Treras. That's that's the that's how she talks about Wilson Contreras when he comes in, which I think is hilarious. It, it's my mom's pretty funny, and she watches a lot of baseball. Um but to back to go to Alfonso Rivas, I, I think that this is a kid that I think he needs more reps at the position. And if Frank isn't a part of the future or he's going to be like part of maybe the DH crew that you're rolling out there, this switch needs to be made. And it's, it's a knock on Ross. If he doesn't find this kid at bats, because that's a problem. When the minute he starts to struggle, we can go away from it. There's guys on this roster you can fill, but this kid should be playing every day until he tells you, he shows you he can't. And give him a day off and then run him back out there again to see how he responds. Because this year is all about development mm-hmm. and to figure out what you have. And if you have a diamond in the rough here who just needs a chance, give him the chance. Guys like Jason Hayward have had plenty of chances. That's And if that's the guy that you're worried about hurting his feelings, then you've already lost business-wise. And that's just my opinion on, on that. And I... I love what he did, and I'll, I'll be forever thankful for 2016 for giving the speech and being a part of that. But like we said in the opening show to start the season, it's time to move on. Flip the page. All of that's over. All of them are gone but Willie and him and mm-hmm. Kyle. But let's be honest here. It's time to figure out what you have on a kid who's young, has some raw power, and puts the bat on the ball. He fits all the things that you're trying to do with this roster. So you got to figure out if he can play. And that's, it's like I said, I will have a huge detriment on Ross if he is unable to find him at bats throughout this season. Because there is a, there's no reason for him to go back to AAA because he rakes it down there and he did for three days when he was there. And that was stupid. And now he's up here hitting and he's young. So get him some PT because we know what Jason Hayward is. We know what Frank Swindell is. That, it's time for this kid to play almost every day. And I, like you said, move him around, play different mm-hmm. positions. Yeah. But hey, I want a bulk of his time at first because they just don't have that guy that projects for the future right. who's younger than, you know, 26. And I think what Rivas is 25, 24, 25. Yeah. So yeah, I love the way he's started since he's come back from AAA. And Ross better keep him in the lineup. Otherwise, then what is this year for? Is this right. like a thank you year? No, it, it shouldn't be. Because it, it's it's time to develop prospects. And you've the Cubs have for a long time been pissed off that they don't develop past the AAA level. 
that they've done terribly at the major league level of letting these guys, you know, getting these guys better once they come up. It's like they plateaued right. those guys like Bryant and Rizzo. Now yeah. you got a guy here who is mashing AAA and he's begging you to elevate his game. He's mm-hmm. begging you to teach him things and you're going to let him sit on the bench. No, right. uh, he's got to play. Yeah. He's got to play every day. I agree with you. And <clears throat> You know, just looking at some of the numbers here. So he is 25. He will not turn 26 until literally like the last two weeks of the season. So he's 25 the whole year. He's going in, you know, to 20 age, 26 season in 2023. And on top of that, right? Like they always say that like the, the quote unquote human prime is like ages 28 to 32. So you figure that he is still on the up and up in terms of where he has age level. And he's a college guy. He was a 2018 draft pick. Fourth round selection by the A's out of Arizona was where he went to school. So, like, he's a little more polished, right? He's a college hitter. He got a couple of years to develop at the college baseball level. You know, ultimately, he was drafted by the A's, signed on, developed with them for a little bit. They were like, yep, we'll see you later. We want Tony Kemp. Don't ask me why. Not mad about it either. Because, you know, again, he's a guy with potential that the Cubs clearly saw something in. And, and I'll give the Cubs credit because here's the thing is, yes, Hoyer was the, you know, assistant GM, whatever, to Theo at the time. But, like, this is the same regime that found Anthony Rizzo. Like, let's not forget that, right? Like, mm-hmm. they found Anthony Rizzo and liked him so much that literally they traded for him twice, if you really think about it. Jed traded for him to get him out to San Diego when he got the GM job there. And then when he came back to Chicago to be with Theo, they went and traded for him to come back. Like, that's when you knew that they liked him. And maybe they saw something in Rivas as like, a, again, I'm not calling him Anthony Rizzo. So for anybody that's trying to sit here and at me on Twitter or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, just bear with me. here. Clearly, there's something there though that the, that the Cubs like when it comes to Alfonso Rivas. And I think that's key because, sure, he only has 12 at-bats this season, but he is hitting 500. He has a home run and six RBIs. Like, you know, it's small sample size for this season, but like he's doing shit. And then you take it further because he got time at the end of last year a little bit, more so in September than anything. But his career regular season numbers in 56 at-bats, so again, still small sample size, but he's three hitting 357 with a 919 OPS. Two home runs and nine babies. Yeah, that plays. That plays real well. And especially like you said, Juice, and I love that you said that because – First base was the first position that everybody sits there and looks at other than catcher and goes, they have no depth at that in the minors, right? Because you got tons of shortstops. You got so many shortstops to the point, like you said, where like, I think they're already thinking as Ed Howard is a second baseman at the major league level. I really do think they're already thinking that because he's playing a lot of second in the minors. And I I think they're thinking of like Reginald Preciado as a more of a third baseman. Like, I think that's kind of the... You know, where they're seeing these guys play, maybe Triantos can kind of play all three. Like, they, they've got that covered, right? Like, they've got the outfield covered. They've got more outfielders than they know what the hell to do with. They don't have many first basemen. Like, everybody was like, oh, is Bryce Ball the answer when they traded for him for Jock last season? No, probably not. He's a, he's a high He's a prospect that you hope there's something there with. You try to develop and see what happens. But, like, maybe they knew the whole time that, like, Rivas was coming, and they're like, okay. We have something at first that at least we're intrigued enough to give him a chance. And I agree with you, man. I, I think he needs to play. I don't want to continue to beat a dead horse. Uh, but another good thing from the weekend, just quickly bringing it up, uh, Nico Horner also had a really good weekend against the Pirates. Good to see. Didn't like that he wasn't in there on Sunday. Um, you know, but it is what it is. Gazoon tight juice. I don't know if that's a sneeze or a cough. Uh, <laughs> a little cough. 
there you go. Um, but I want to actually encourage people go read uh, Tyler's article. He is at Teddy Freddy 270 on Twitter. Um, wrote an incredible article, little takeaways article from the weekend, and he hit it perfectly. Kyle's bounce back, Revos shining. Uh, and he's also talked about Nico Horner. So make sure to go read that over at ontapsportscent.com. But Juice, we do need to turn our attention forward. Again, as we mentioned, it is a Cubs off day while we're recording this. The Cubs traveled to Atlanta to take on the defending World Series World Series champion Atlanta Braves. Still feels weird to say. I feel like I like that that whole World Series for them didn't even doesn't even register with me yet. Not in a bad way. I just they were not expected to win it. And like the fact that they went and won it is still kind of crazy. But Again, a very good team, a team that is struggling, though. They are still without Ronald Acuna Jr. He's still coming back from the knee. He's down in AAA. He's absolutely mashing from what I've heard. But again, he's only going to be a DH at the major league level for a while till that knee's better. That's a guy that can win a gold glove in the outfield as well. So they're still missing a lot. Obviously, they go get Olsen to replace Freeman and different things like that. But again, 7 and 10 are the Braves. So it's not like they're world, you know, beating the shit out of the baseball right now. And they're, you know six games above 500 or something. This is a team that's also struggling a little bit. So, you know, Cubs got three games with them. They're all 620 starts uh, because, you know, good old East Coast baseball um, for the Cubbies coming up. Tomorrow's game will be Marcus Stroman, the Stro show at his appointment television, especially for me. Um, he will be going against Max Freed tomorrow. That should be a hell of a matchup uh, on Tuesday. On Wednesday, it will be Lighter Jr. again and Juice. You and I talked a little off air. Miley's going to throw a bullpen on Wednesday uh, and Mills has already been down in AAA throwing, trying to build back up. So we're going to probably see one of these two guys take that starting spot eventually from Lighter, but he's at least going to get another crack at it on Wednesday in Atlanta against Charlie Morton, who has also struggled. 632 ERA. Not a good start for him. Um, and then Drew Smiley facing his former club of last season. Uh, he'll go against Wright in the series finale on Thursday evening. Uh, so, Juice, I want to turn it over to you, my friend. What are you expecting to see from the Cubs in this three-game set? Because, mind you, they are still on the road then going into the weekend, but they head north to go play those pricks up in Milwaukee. Yeah, I think if you're looking at the series in terms of the three-game set, I think it speaks to how important that it is that they take game one if they're going to win the series. I need a huge performance out of Marcus Stroman because, like you said, Feed with lighter, with, yeah, with lighter going, you know, in the second game of the series, mm-hmm. you want to try to save that bullpen as much as you can. That way, you can piggyback and maybe get him out of there early. Maybe he ends up ends up only going three or four, and then you're able to get to the end of the game with Keegan and with you know some other guys that are you know inside of this uh, this bullpen, and you're able to get a good start out of Stroman. That'd be be nice to see him take that next step. And they shouldn't be there shouldn't be any excuse either, right? I mean, he's in Atlanta. It's against a team that isn't, you know, beating the hell out of the ball right now. It's a warmer, you know, temperature down there. There it should be better weather. Should I haven't looked down at the I'm confirming yeah, right. right. Now. Hold on. So I mean no excuses. I know he's pitched a lot in some crappy Chicago weather and that sucks. And then I think the other start was in court was at cores. Right. So, I mean, you're, you're looking at, you're, you're looking at a, a, a band box that, you know, is just not good for pitchers either. So yeah, his, his ERA and his, his win loss obviously sucks. Doesn't look very well. Um, but to be honest with you, like this is, this is the time to start turning it on, man. You know, like it's, we need a big performance out of you after losing, you know, three out of four, to the Pirates, it'd be nice to see them take two out of three from Atlanta, 
who is not playing very well, like you said. So I think it's it, it all counts to Stroh to take that first one. And then Drew Smiley and and uh, I forget who's going for Atlanta in the third game. But with that said, yeah, right. Yeah, it's I mean, that's that third game has like the rubber match kind of outlook. If you're looking at this series already, it seems like the Cubs may win game one. And even with Freed on the mound um, and game two kind of looks like maybe they might have to run the white flag out there pretty early, considering that lighter hasn't had much success. Um, but win two out of three, right? Especially on the road. It'd be nice to see this team go out, go around and like just be, you know, road dogs, you know, coming in and, and, yeah. and just beating up teams uh, coming into the series in their own home ballpark. But yeah, I think, uh, I think the, the key is just to keep it going with Rivas and Horner and, uh, obviously say a Suzuki, and it'd be nice to see, you know, Wilson have one of those nice, you know, carry me games after you know, squandering bases loaded. He'll probably want to get back, you know, at the plate and uh, drive in some runs after, you know, leaving a lot on base um, in yesterday's game. So, yeah, no, I, I think uh, I think now that you've lost three out of four, it's like now you, you got to click it back out. Like these are games that if they would have taken three or four from the Pirates, it's like win one, you know, it's – go up to Milwaukee and play him and see what happens. Cause those games are always seem to be close, mm-hmm. you know, but now it's like, all right, two out of three. And you always want to take two out of three. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying like you're going to go in there and just win one, but expectations, the way they've kind of played going to Atlanta too, seems like they don't play so, so hot down there very often either. So uh, yeah, I, I think just go out there and try to take two out of three because you know, you gave up, you know, an extra win or two against a team we should have beaten. Yeah, 100%. No, and you said it perfectly. And, yeah, it is going to be nicer weather. It's going to be a hell of a lot nicer down in Atlanta than it is going to be up here for the next couple of days. Um, it was hotter than shit in Atlanta today. It touched the uh, mid-80s today. Uh, but they're going to cool off a little bit, a little rain rolling through in the early part of the day tomorrow down in Atlanta. Um, it says it's going to be around 70 degrees come first pitch. So still absolutely perfect weather, uh, if you ask me, for baseball. And then we're looking at mid and high 70s on Wednesday, Thursday. Obviously, that temperature being an evening game. Be a little cooler than that than the high. But again, we're still looking at 65 to 70 degrees um, at first pitch. And that probably rolling through most of the evening, maybe cooling off closer to 60. But it'll still be beautiful weather nonetheless, especially in April, uh, anywhere in the country, uh, truth be told. Um, so hopefully they can take advantage of it. My only advice is to all three of these guys do not let Olsen park one in the chop house on you. Cause he absolutely will. Um, the last time I saw a cub hit a, a home run at that ballpark, it was Tommy Lastella uh, in pinch hit fashion off the bench. Oh yeah. That was a fun game to be the away, uh, the way asshole fan on the new city. Um, Cubby's got the win in that one, too, so I got to rub it in my cousin's face the rest of the night, which was always a lot of fun. But nonetheless, Juice, I agree with you, man. They got it. I would love to see two out of three, especially against the Braves. It's a good team. It means you're stepping up. It means your pitching's doing well. It means guys like Stroman and Smiley are bouncing back and having good starts. Smiley's still carrying a 245 ERA. That shows how good he's been in the early going. He's gone at least five in every start as well. I think he's actually the only pitcher that can probably say that, too. So, you know, maybe, especially with it being against his former team, he won a World Series there last season. You know, maybe he dials it up for that rubber match, but you, you absolutely would love to see him take two out of three. And I agree with you. 
if they're going to say two out of three, it means guys like Strowman and Smiley, excuse me, are, are stepping up and ultimately, you know, kind of taking the game by the by the balls, so to speak, um, and, and getting the job done on the mound. And then hopefully the offense shows up. The weather will be nice. You know, you don't really have to worry about the wind blowing in or blowing out. Atlanta's kind of a friendly ballpark in that essence. You know, hopefully they can slap the ball around the yard a little bit, maybe pop a couple out of the ballpark. Who knows? Wins are cool and tough. The long ball's cool and tough. Triples and doubles are also cool and tough. So I just, I want to see them win two out of three. I'm right there with you, Juice. Um, so that'll be fun to see for the next three days. But we will also uh, kind of let you guys know via social media what the next show looks like. Um, obviously, NFL draft is going to probably dominate a large portion of our uh, kind of bandwidth this weather, this weekend as a website. So uh, we'll get back to we I'm sure we'd love to do a show on Thursday if applicable. It might be the uh, the Cubs on tap after dark variety for some of us. <laughs> Juice might not be able to join us for that one. Who knows? Nonetheless, we will let you guys know. Um, so just kind of a little precursor there to that. But Juice, uh, just quickly, I want to get your fly the W pick. Uh, for this Atlanta Braves series uh, before we get out of here. I'm going to go with Wilson Contreras. Wilson Contreras. Uh, I I think uh, it's a big park. You can park a lot of doubles out there. Yeah, no, I don't know. I just I got a feeling about Willie after having the rough day on Sunday that uh, he's, he's in for a big series. Uh, I don't like to toot my own horn, but I did have Nico Horner for the last one. Um, he did, and he true. had a great and he had a great series. Um, it's worthy of a point. I know. I I needed to toot my own horn a little bit. You know, you got to keep yeah, everybody sure. honest. And um, but yeah, no. I uh, hopefully uh, two out of three, and hopefully the Bulls stay alive tomorrow. That's my that's my last hit in there. I love that. I love that. Yeah. No. I I think Willie's a good pick. I think you know, especially for him. I I'm trying to recall if his. Uh, his brother is still up with the Braves. I think you so. Know, but some of that little brotherly love, you know, if he's if he's got William, he, he's going to want to outplay him if he gets to play him. Um, so I, I don't hate the pick at all. I will say, though, I did tell uh, my father on uh, Sunday when when Pat was on the uh, on the TV broadcast, I, I said, I was like, God, I, part of me wishes that the Cubs were playing the Seattle Mariners today. And he goes, why? And I go, cause I need to hear Pat Hughes say Eugenio Suarez, because <laughs> there's no name in baseball that he says in a better fashion than that. Other than maybe Wilson Contreras, uh, like you said. Um, so I, I, I'm all there for it. I love your pick. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go off the board here. I'm going to ride the hype train juice. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I'm, I'm going to try and speak it into existence here, right? My fly the W pick for this series is one Alfonso Rivas. I am going to ride the hype train. I want to see David Ross put him in more situations. Again, very friendly ballpark down there in Atlanta for the left-handed hitter. That shop house right field is very easy to park one, kind of plays very similar to the south side where it's got the weird kind of tiered, you know, long kind of elongated seating and things like that, kind of like the Cubs too. They have that kind of now in, in the right field well. Obviously, it's a little deeper and not as big, but I think he absolutely plays well in this ballpark. A guy, like you said, it's a bigger ballpark. It's There's there's room out there in Atlanta. They can move it around. Uh, fun fact, actually, I think I learned this uh, during the Colorado Rockies series because Boog and JD are absolute stat nerds and just fun fact nerds, and I love it, and I'm here for it. Uh, Atlanta, I think third or fourth highest elevation of any MLB ballpark in the country. 
So mm-hmm. worth noting, sure, maybe the ball doesn't quite fly like it does at Coors. Um, but again, the, you know, it's a, it's a little bit of a bigger ballpark. Uh, they are up in those North Georgia mountains because that ballpark is now northwest of Atlanta. Uh, it's no longer Turner where it's, you know, kind of dead set in the middle of the city. But I'm going to take Rivas. I'm going to speak it into existence. I want to see him play a lot this series. Don't get me wrong. I love Frank Schwindel. I love all these guys that he would probably be taking away time from. But again, like you said, Juice, you, and you laid it out perfectly earlier. He's young. He's got upside. He's clearly shown you that he's meant to be here. He's, he's performing very well early on this season, and he was strong at the end of last year, too. Give the kid some fucking reps and get him in there and let him. Let, maybe maybe surprises you. Maybe he rides that wave that he had from the Pittsburgh series. He had a nice Pittsburgh series. Maybe he comes out and he is truly a fly the W caliber player. And I look good and I look smart going into the weekend. And I could use that mentally after what this week is going to be. <laughs> Juice. So Alfonso Rivas is my pick whew, for this Atlanta series coming up. But Juice, before we get out of here, I do want to remind everybody Cubs on tap. Real is quick official- show. Ooh. Sorry to cut you up. Real quick, show, edit, air. I know I feel like Tony Reale. Remember when PTI and Tony Kornheiser were doing that? Uh, they would do airs of the show. William Contreras, I don't know if he's on the team because he hasn't had an at-bat since April 9th. So, okay. so I don't know if he's, he's hurt. Maybe he's in AAA. Or he's, or he's in AAA. Yeah. Okay, okay. Nope, fair. I'm glad you self-checked that. Um, again, he was up last year for quite a bit of time, so – and uh, again, we we are here to provide you Chicago Cubs coverage, not Atlanta Braves coverage, so we don't keep up with their roster nearly as much as we do as the Cubs. So, uh, but thank you for the correction, their juice. But nonetheless, we are Cubs on Tap. We are the official Cubs podcast of the On Tap Sports Network. You can check out all of our great work www.ontapsportsnet.com at On Tap Sportsnet on social media. You can follow the pod specific account. We are at Cubbies on Tap on Twitter and Instagram. That's C U B B I E S. I am at Loose on Tap on Twitter. Juice is at Juice on Tap on Twitter. And follow all of our other great contributors at Joey Knows Nothing at Joe on tap at Teddy Freddy 270 and everybody here that writes Cubs for on tap sports net bears bulls blackhawks we got it all uh and yes Cubs fans we do cover the Southsiders too and our socks on tap crew does do do a great job I said do 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 a great <laughs> job of covering the Southsiders so be sure to send your Southside fan friends uh over to our friends over at socks on tap as well bets golf all of the Chicago minor league sports you name it we've got it here so you can check all of that out at ontapsportsnet.com and at ontapsportsnet on social media. And if you're looking to bet a little bit this week, maybe you're feeling betting on the Cubbies. Maybe you're betting on the NFL draft. I know people go absolutely lunacy and start trying to call where guys are going to get picked and everything. Uh, be for, now be that's sure wild. that is wild. And I give those people a lot of credit, but be sure to sign up with our friends over at bet rivers juice, because when you use promo code on tap to sign up online, they will match you. Deposit match up to $250, a.k.a. you put $250 in. They give you a free $250 to go bet some money. And you can follow along with our boy Joey Knows Nothing here at Cubs on Tap because he is our resident on tap bets expert. He's got a very nice winning record with his pick of the days. Even if you just trail him on those, you are winning a lot of money. So go bet with our friends at Bet Rivers. And when you sign up for the first time, use promo code on tap for that up to $250 deposit match. Juice. What do you say, buddy? It's always a pleasure being on the mic with you. We'll 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 do this plenty this season as always. Uh, but let's get out of here. The only way we know how to here at Cubs is on tap. Fuck the Cardinals. And let's go, Cubs.